Welcome to the God is Able radio broadcast, the ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Austin Frady. Now join us as we open in prayer and in song and in God's word with a message entitled, There is a River. Heavenly Father, we come to you today by way of the radio, thankful for the opportunity, Lord, to be able to minister in this capacity. Lord, we pray today, God, that you touch each one that is listening today. I pray may you open their heart, God, to receive the word of God. I pray, Lord, that you touch, God, the needs of those, God, Lord, that are listening today. God, I pray, Father, for those that may be listening that's never been saved. God, may they see, Father, Lord, the light of the gospel, and may they come to you, God, repenting of their sin, God, turning. Lord, I pray, believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ, being saved eternally. I pray, God, you touch those sick and afflicted. God, meet their needs. God, this hour we pray. Bless the message we pray. Bless each year we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
smiles and loves me too. The Bible tells us in Psalm 46, the Bible says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raised, the kingdoms were moved, they uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. In this scripture in Psalms chapter number 46, we find the setting of this psalm. Uh, the Bible tells us God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in a time of trouble. And you will find the setting of this psalm in, in 2 Kings chapter number 19. You find that Hezekiah, this man that has become king uh, in the word of God, you will find that Hezekiah began his reign in Judah when he was 25 years old. And you'll find that Hezekiah done that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter number 18, verse number 4, that he removed the high places, he broke the images, he cut down the groves, he broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made, for under those days the children of Israel did burn incense unto it. You find that Hezekiah done what God wanted him to do. Amen. You find that Hezekiah was one of the few kings that you find uh, throughout the book of Kings and the book of Chronicles that done that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. Now there were others that did that which was right, but you find it seems as though there was more that done evil than there was that done right but Hezekiah as a 25 year old young man he done that which was right in the eyes of the Lord in 2nd Kings chapter number 18 but you will find in 2nd Kings chapter my friend number 19 you'll find also that there came a king by the name of Sennacherib an Assyrian king and you'll find that he came against Judah and my friend this army that Sennacherib had this Assyrian army. It was the most powerful army. They had overtaken many other my friend places, many other cities. They had overtaken many other kingdoms. And you will find that that great army began to make their way from the north. And they began to march down through Syria. And they began to make their way to Judah. And you will find that they left nothing alive in their wake. If you study this army you'll find that they either took the field. My friend, they reaped everything that was in them. Or if they left and had plenty, they'd burn the fields when they left. They didn't leave anything alive. This was the most ruthless army. A friend, tonight, can I just go ahead and say that the enemy that we're facing, he don't leave anybody in his back. A friend, he takes everything he can. He wants to destroy everything in sight. And my friend, can I just go ahead and say tonight, as that Assyrian army 
army as they would destroy everything in sight. My friend, many times without purpose or without need, can I say to you tonight, Satan does not care about you and he wants to destroy everything about you and me tonight. He does not have a purpose, friend. He wants us to be destroyed because he hates God and he hates what God stands for and he hates what God has done for you and me. And we find that this Assyrian army came to Judah and we'll find, my friend, the word of God that they sent unto unto Hezekiah. They sent to the king of Judah and you'll find that Hezekiah, he tried to pay off this Assyrian army. He took all the gold and the silver that was in the house of the Lord, the Bible says, and he tried to pay off this army. And then you'll find that he even took so much as the gold that was inlaid about the temple. He took all the gold off the temple and he gave all that to this army. Our friend, that he might buy them off. Our friend, he went to every state that he could go to. Our friend, that he might deter this enemy. But friend, we find that this army is so ruthless that friend, they was not satisfied with monetary terms. They was not satisfied with the gold of the temple. They was not satisfied with the silver that Hezekiah brought. Our friend, they came back once again after they had received that money and they came back and they begged Hezekiah to open the gates of Judah, friend, or they would overtake that city. Well, little did they know that God was their refuge. Little did they know that the strength of Judah did not lie in the walls. The strength of Judah didn't lie in their military. The strength of Judah didn't lie in their horses or their chariots or their bows or their swords. But the strength of Judah lied in the God who was their fortress. The God who was their refuge. Can I remind you tonight, a friend, there may be times in your life it's you come under attack and my friend you may do everything you can do to appease the enemy but still yet friend the enemy assails in your life can I remind you tonight friend that the strength in your life the victory that you will win is not in the strength of your flesh but it is in the God in whom you can take refuge tonight the scripture tells us that Hezekiah boasts Psalms 46 God is our refuge. Every time I read that little word is in the Word of God, I almost have a shout and spell in knowing that God's not a used to be. God's not a going to be. I look around tonight and I see some young people. I believe one day they're going to be something great for the Lord. I believe God one day is going to use them in a mighty way. But they ain't got to that point yet. I look around and I see adults that I believe one day that God's going to use them in a mighty way. And I can see them getting to that point but they've not got there yet but I can shout and rejoice tonight that the God that I serve he's not working up to being something he already is something he's not working up to be what he's going to be I'm glad tonight God is what he is and I'm glad that is everything he's not something that was in days gone by he's not an ancient figure or being I'm glad tonight we can shout and rejoice on this little 
hilltop on Sutton Branch uh, that God is tonight. Uh, he is our refuge. Uh, he is our strength. Uh, and He is our help uh, in a time of need. Uh, we find that as that Assyrian army uh, came against Judah, we find tonight that uh, there were some things uh, that had taken place in that city. Uh, you see Hezekiah had been reigning. I believe the Scripture says uh, he had been reigning 14 years uh, before this came to be. And many times in our lives, our life is like when we get saved. It's like Hezekiah's ministry or his role as king. Our friend, we get saved by the grace of God. Things begin to happen in our lives. We begin to clean out the old. God helps us to get out the old and brings in the new. Our friend, there's things that change in our lives and everything goes smooth for a time and a season. But all of a sudden, there's a roadblock that comes in our life. The enemy comes against us. And it seems as though we can go no further. And the Bible tells us Hezekiah had been reigning some 14 years. Well, in that 14 year period of time, Hezekiah wasn't just sitting around twiddling his thumbs. He wasn't just sitting around doing absolutely nothing. Can I just go ahead and run a rabbit tonight? My friend, I'm concerned about folk that get saved by the grace of God or say that they get saved by the grace of God and they come and they sit on the pew and they never do anything else for God. You never see any growth in their life. You never see any kind of change other than the fact that they're sitting on their pew. I'm concerned about people that never grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us there that Hezekiah, he was doing something for God. Those 14 years were not 14 wasted years. He was doing everything he could do for the cause of Christ. He lived in a time when it was not popular to worship the God. He was worshiping everything else. My friend, they was worshiping what God had done in Moses' day. He was worshiping friend the groves and those other idols. But friend Hezekiah said, listen, we're going to worship the God of heaven. And he stepped out friend and made a statement our friend and he done that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and in doing all that our friend he heard about that Assyrian army and he heard about what they was doing he heard about the enemy and he realized that because there was an enemy that he was susceptible friend to the attack that that enemy would bring friend you may be here tonight and you have never faced a great battle in your Christian life you may be here tonight and you're in the early years of your Christian life and you've never been faced with a great battle. Can I say to you, look around you. There is worn faces in this building. There's folks that have been through trials and tribulations because the enemy has been hot on their tail and they've had to stand in the day of battle. And can I say to you, that same enemy that they've been fighting maybe for years, friend, he is coming to where you are and he will be at your place one day. That enemy fights all of us. That enemy fights young and old alike. He fights man and woman alike. He fights friend tooth and toenail. The Bible says that Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Friend, he is devouring people a piece at a time. He's getting them, friend, just one little piece at a time. And if he finds friend that he faces opposition on this angle, honey, he will come a different angle. Why? Because he wants to devour you in your life. Hezekiah came to this place when he'd been reigning 14 years and he began to realize Amen. There was a battle ahead of him, but he had seen that battle coming many years before, and he began to prepare years before this for this very battle. He began to prepare. He fixed up a water system in Judah. 
There was a spring, the spring of Gihon. There was a spring that flowed down through the Kidron Valley. And that spring, it began to flow into Judah, friend. And Hezekiah realized, friend, that if the enemy came, the first thing that would cripple that city would be that they could get a hold of that water system. And they could take that water system. And they could destroy that whole city. Friend, and Hezekiah, he began to build conduit, the Bible says. And he began to build a pipe. And he rerouted that spring. And friend, it flowed from the head of that spring straight into the west side of the city. My friend hid underground, hewed out in stone, and he hid the head of that spring that the enemy wouldn't be able to recognize it. And he made a pool on the west side of the city, the pool of Siloam. And friend, that water flowed into that pool. And honey, I can just see how those men, they worked tirelessly to finish this water system because they knew of the great need that that water system would hold in their life. The great need that that water system would be for their children. The great need that that water would hold for the life and for the structure and for the longevity of that city. He prepared that water system. He built up walls around the city. And the Bible tells his friend, my friend here in Psalms 46, that there is a river. There is a river. I want to preach for just a minute and I'll try to be as quickly as the Lord will let us be. But I want to preach on that thought for just a minute. There is a river. Now I want you to imagine tonight if I could borrow your imagination and the theater of your mind if we look back on the pages of Second Kings chapter number 19 and you see this Assyrian army come down and you see them compass about this walled city of Judah and you see them. Friend, they are ready to destroy this city. But my friend, these people on the inside of that city my friend Hezekiah, he tells them over there in the book of Second Chronicles, he tells them there, he said, Be strong and courageous and be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria nor for all the multitude that is with him for they be more with us than with him. And the Bible tells us that Hezekiah also tells them, he says, With him is the arm of flesh but with us is the Lord our God to help us. Our friend, that Assyrian army came down with an arm of flesh. They came down with their horses and their chariots and camped about the city of Judah. But friend, on the inside, Hezekiah had preached to his people. He had given them the good news. My friend, and I can see them as that army compassed about and they began to shout the victory. They began to rejoice saying God is our refuge. God is a present help in a time of need. And I can see them as they look around and they see them walls and they look over in the corn bin and Hezekiah had already filled up the corn bin and looked over in the stall and they was cattle in the stall and they looked down toward the west side of the city and they see a big pool there and honey that pool was full and I can see them as they shout there is a river that river was unseen to the enemy that river was hid in the depths of the stone but friend despite the fact that it was an unseen river 
still yet there was a river. Can I say to you tonight, the world does not see what's feeding the church of the living God. The world does not see what's going on the inside of our heart. But there is a river. There's a river tonight. And can I just go ahead and say that that river is full tonight. I'm glad the spring of Gion, it wasn't a spring that just trickled down, but it was a spring that filled up the conduit and it runs full. I friend that that reservoir on the west side of the city, it never runs dry, friend. The Bible tells us in Psalm 65 and verse 9, speaking about the river of our God, the Bible says, Thou is the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. I'm glad tonight that the river that's flowing to the city of God, to the people of God, I'm glad tonight that river is full. I'm glad tonight God has got a river flowing just for you. And there's plenty of it. There's nothing lacking tonight on God's side. If there's anything tonight lacking, I say it's in me. I say it's in the people. It's not in God. My friend, the churches are lacking many things. My friend, our individual lives, I'll put myself at the top of the stack, are lacking many things. But I'll go ahead and say that God's not lacking anything. That the river that God's supplying to His people is full tonight. The Bible tells us as we look at this thought, Psalms 46, there is a river. We find also this river is important because this river is a river of supply. It supplies to that city when they are besieged about with this enemy. It supplies to them hope. My friend, tonight there's hope in the blood of Jesus. There's hope tonight in the fact that God's Spirit's still stirring. I felt Him tonight. I'm feeling Him right now. And I've got hope tonight because there is a river that's flowing out from the throne of God into the city of God. That's flowing under God's people. I've got hope tonight that these lost folks we've been praying for, uh, the Spirit of God's still working. Uh, he's still stirring. Uh, he's still meeting with us. Uh, I've got hope tonight, friend, uh, that they're going to get saved by the amazing grace of God. Uh, I'm glad tonight they may be wayward children. Uh, they may be mamas and daddies. Uh, how the will of God. Uh, let me just remind you tonight, uh, there is a river. Uh, and friend, it's a river that's full. Uh, and it's a river that supplies to God's people. Uh, hope that God will do what we need Him to do. It's a river that supplies life. Jesus said in John chapter number 4, when He met there at Jacob's well with a woman at the well, He told her that there would be in her a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That was no new concept. That was not something God just come up with on the pages of John chapter number 4. That wasn't something Jesus just enlightened us with. When He met there at Jacob's well in Samaria that day, that was a subject, friend, that Hezekiah was very much aware of. Our friend, because he was able to rejoice that there was a river that was flowing into that city, friend. And that was a river of life. Ezekiel spoke in Ezekiel 47 about verse 9, I believe it is, about a river and everywhere that river flowed. There was life because of that river. We live in a world that's dead most of the time. I mean, people are breathing and walking around, but in reality they're dead. 
Amen. You were once in that shade. You know what I'm talking about. Those of you that are saved tonight, you know what I'm talking about. Our friend, the Bible tells us that and he who hath the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. The Bible claims to us and teaches us, friend, that those that are not saved by the grace of God, that they are dead, friend. So we find that there's only one way to gain life and that's through that river that comes. That city there in Judah, friend, if the walls have been strong, if they'd been able to stand... They could have had plenty of corn in the bin. They could have had plenty of cattle in the stall. But without water, they would have perished. It was a river of life. And I say they still a river flowing. 2017, they still a river that brings life to those that are dead in trespasses and sin. There's still a river that can bring life to a dead church. They still a river that can bring life to a dead saint. They still a river that can bring life, friend, to a family that's dead. I'm glad tonight, friend, there is a river. And it's a river that supplies life. I won't be alive, don't you? Ain't nobody in here likes death. I won't be very much alive. There's but one way to be alive. That's get to the river. You'll find that river of life that on that subject of it supplying life. You'll find that it supplies many things. You'll find that David knew that water supplied things. He knew, was very well aware. When he went down to the battle to face Goliath, what was the first thing that he done? After he put on that armor, what was the next thing that he done? He went down to the river and he got out five stones. He knew that if he was going to get anything from God, he had to get down by the water. He had to get down where God was at. Honey, can I say to you tonight, you're going to face some battles. And if you're going to get what you need to fight them battles, you may have the sling, but it's useless without a stone to go in it. You may have a forty-five pistol in your pocket, but honey, if you ain't got no bullets, it's useless. You might as well be throwing rocks, praise God. But you've got to get down to the river where you can get what God has got. You've got to get down to the river where God can give you what He's provided for you. Boy, it's hard sometimes. You may have come lacking. Get by the river. Get down by the water. Elijah knew very well that same thought. God told him, he said, get down by the brook Kishron, did he not? He said, the ravens will provide for you there. Elijah, he could have stubbed up like a bunch of Baptist wood and said, I'm not going to the brook. I'm going to go over there on the ridge top. It's a lot nicer over there. I believe that's where God had had me to be. And you know what? The ravens would have been down there by the brook and Elijah would have been starving to death up on the ridge top. Hey, folks that have been saved by the grace of God, they're starving to death up on the ridge top because God's told them to get down by the brook. And God's got provision there. God's got food there. Honey, and God will provide for them there. But they're too stubborn to go. The Bible tells us that we just see things in part. But God sees the whole picture. Honey, we need to be mindful of God and do what thus saith the Lord and get down by the water. There is a river. And if you need provision in your life, I want to tell you the water's flowing and it's full and it will supply in your life. It'll also supply cleansing in your life. Those people in that city, they would have done well with the food. They would have done well if they had just a little bit of water to drink, but after a while, things get stinking. Amen. That water cleanses. People, not only would they go to that fountain to get life, to drink and prepare their self to, it, to help their physical body, but they'd also go to wash up, to get cleansed tonight. 
I've been praying that God would prepare our church for revival. Can I say tonight that the first step in a church being prepared for revival is a church being cleansed from their sins. I said a church being cleansed from their sins before we'll ever see lost people get saved. Before we can ever see the power of God move in the way and the manner that it should. Friend, it takes a cleansing among God's people. Very many times those that are used the most, the backbone of the church, friend, very many times they become dirty and nasty and filthy and it's not by sitting down on the bar stool it's not by running around committing adultery or fornication it's not by the big sins friend it's by little bitty things that build up and build up and build up and they break fellowship with God can I just go ahead and say tonight that there is a river and that river will cleanse you friend if you're here and you're callous there's something going on in your life friend there is a river that flows from the throne of God, flows into the city of God, which I'll just go ahead and say right here tonight. Friend, there is a river that can cleanse you, that can get you back to the place where you can feel again. Honey, if if God didn't move tonight in your heart and you didn't feel something tonight, can I just go ahead and say, there's probably a callous somewhere in your life. You need some cleansing. There's a river... We find this river, the Bible says, they're looking with me in verse number 4. I'm trying to hurry tonight. The Bible says, there is a... I ain't real educated, but it didn't say there's a bunch of them. Amen? It didn't say there's a few of them. It didn't say there's a couple of rivers. It said there is a river. That's a single source. If those people in Judah, while they were under siege, while they were under attack, if they were to find water, they couldn't go outside the city gate. They couldn't find that source of water anywhere else in the city. Honey, they had to go to where that river flowed down through that conduit. They had to go down to that pool. And they had to get water from this source. Because there was but one. There was a river that flowed. Friend, can I say tonight, you can't find it on the internet. You can't find it on the Facebook. You can't find it at the Walmart. Friend, there's a river that flows and you're going to have to go to the fountain to get what you need from God. Many times we're so used to Googling everything trying to figure it out. If you can't figure out something, you'll YouTube it. Can I say to you tonight, you can't YouTube being a Christian. You've got to go to the fountain. You've got to go to the pool. You've got to get down on your knees and cry out before a holy God. It worked for Paul and Silas. It worked for Grandma and Grandma. Paul, honey, it'll work for all Savannah tonight. That river was a single source. It's a single source of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Friend, tonight there's no other way to get saved except through Jesus. You can become a Catholic, you can become a Baptist, you can be a Lutheran, a Presbyterian, or whatever name you want to sign your name to. But honey, it won't save you a bit more than nothing. But praise God, you can get down to the feet of Jesus and you can cry out, Oh Lord, be merciful on me, a sinner. And I'm glad to report to you tonight that honey, when you jump in the pool and you get to the fountain, I'm glad you can find salvation. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to hear this message in its entirety or join us in one of our services, find us on Facebook or visit us at our website at oldsavannah.org. And we would like to give you a personal invitation to come and be in one of our services on Sunday morning at 10 and 11 a.m. We're located at 138 Sutton Branch Road in Silva, North Carolina.